Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem premieres August 4th. So Adan and I are going to take a look back at the 1990 live-action original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Even though several years ago, Curling on Rotten Tomatoes is scored by the critics 41% and by the audience 81%. You're not going to do the song? Because it's not the, that's part two, not part one. Oh, no, there's a song for it in it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Power. <laughs> Kawabunga. I made a funny. <laughs> Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Spoiler alert. Depending on when this review comes out, because we already saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And we loved it. Make sure you check our review on that. But I wanted to do a review on this because usually that's what we do. When a new movie comes out, either being in a remake or a sequel, we like to go back and look at the original. Yeah. Before we go into that, let's go over the cast and crew, if you will. So it's directed by Steve Barron, written by Bobby Herbeck, Todd W. Landron, and Oya. I may say these names incorrectly. It is created, though, by Peter Liard and Kevin Eastman. It is also co-produced by Garden Harvest, Raymond Chow. He was a partner with Bruce Lee back in the day. They've been a few. Enter the Dragon was another Golden Harvest production and they did some other like jackie chan films and now they did this it is starting judith hogg as played april Elias cotius he was casey jones which i love him he's awesome he was also in that teenage movie some kind of wonderful he was awesome in that he's a great actor he's been yeah. in a bunch of stuff and uh oh, the yeah. funny thing is i only remember him from oz i never saw oz so i never i don't know like but i know he was like in was it uh not new york and the um CSI, not CSI, one of those police drama series. Probably. He's been like, he's a well known, established actor. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you have here also James uh, Saito. He played Shredder. He played the live action version of Shredder. David Foreman, he was Leo. Michelin Sisti, he was Michelangelo. Leif Tilden, he was Donnie or Donatello. Joss Pace, he was Raphael. You also have Jay Peterson. He's Charles. He was the April O'Neil's boss. He was in other films too. He did a lot back in then in the 90s. You have Michael Turney. He was Danny, Charles' son. And you have one of the early works of Sam Rockwell, which even though I still see it, it's like it blows me away to see him in this because you kind of don't recognize him. You kind of do. You saw, you know, his face is so young. Mm -hmm. Is it when puberty was like just kicking in on him? Like the, 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 uh, facial hair was just coming in for the first time. Right. But I'm just saying, but he's still like, and then his accent kind of changes a couple of times. Yeah. I, I can see that. Here and there, a little bit here and there, it does change. But he's he's there pretty much in the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie, where he's one of the attackers of April O'Neill. And then he rats out Shredder's location to the cops at the end. He didn't attack her. Yeah, he did. He was the but one the giving out the, cig uh, the cigarettes. And he wasn't. Right. Was he no, one of the I, ones dressed I, up in the foot? No. He was the one that when April came out, just had a new just had a gave a news report and she's walking towards her truck or van. Okay. So it, and, it was about the van. And Rob yeah, and Raphael comes in and saves the day and leaves his sigh. Okay. He's there. He's tied up. He's wearing a black leather jacket. 
Mm, okay, I missed it. It's a lot of voiceover work here due to the Turtles, Shredder, Splinter. Oh, and then you also have, which I forgot to mention, he played Tatsu. He was the, the second, hand, second man in charge of mm-hmm. the clan. Toshishiro Obata. He played that guy. But I didn't know that they needed a voiceover for the guy. They needed a, a person to sound Japanese. You mean though. like the stereotype type of Japanese? Because it was pretty stereotypical. Yeah, but that's how they are too a lot of times, especially like that in the sense of the persons of voice. power. Yeah. No, but the persons of power, you know, you have that strong, dominating voice. But for the voiceover, you have Josh Pice, who played Raphael. He voiced Brian Toshi. He was Leonardo. You know who Brian Toshi is? Uh, Brian Toshi. Without looking it up? Off the top of my head, no. Okay. I'll be, I'll be, uh, I don't know. I keep asking because I know you don't know. But anyway, since I do the research, he is in Revenge of the Nerds. He's also in Police Academy. He's the typical Asian guy back in the day, back in the 90s. You know, the Asian who can who is smart with the computer, but also does Oh my God, yes. I just pulled up his photo as soon as I saw his face. <laughs> You also have here Corey Feldman as Donatello, Robbie Rist as Michelangelo. You have David McCharin doing the voice of Shredder. You also have Michael, this is a hard one for me, Michael McConaughey. Thank you. He was the voice for Tatsu. Two white guys doing this. But also you have here Kevin Clash as a voice of Splinter. And he's also the voice for Elmo. Yes. Now, I thought the voices matches the characters perfectly. Even though they may not have been original Asian actors doing the voice work, it didn't match them perfectly, in in my opinion. What about you? Yeah, it's one of those situations where, even though it was voiced by someone else, it it fit the portrayal of the characters. Like, uh, uh, was it Tachi? Tatsu. Tatsu, like the way he performed it, added to the voice and made him seem like Mm -hmm. he should be that rough grizzly kind of guy that just grunts everywhere and it just seemed appropriate i would be more intrigued like granted nowadays you probably wouldn't find it but i'd be intrigued to hear his actual voice as right. he's portraying the, uh, those roles to see if it was it really even necessary shredder the way that it was done absolutely had to be dubbed like it sounded like he was talking to the fan the entire time it was done well in a sense also like when the turtles were in the sewer you hear the echo yeah, I'm not sure if the actors were there by the actors in the costume and then you had the animatronics moving. Oh, by the way, the animatronics, this is also uh, the costumes and design, all that stuff is by the Jim Henson's crew. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Henson was and still is like the top puppeteering company. Mm-hmm. And but they were like revolutionary. And watching this movie reminded me like how well they were with uh, practical effects for their puppets. Yes. Because you know, they did stuff like Labyrinth, they mm-hmm. did other movies, uh, the, uh, the Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. and also you have the, all those Muppet movies. Yeah, they also had like uh, like horror-based shows and stuff like that that were- um, And also they did freaking, um, if I'm not mistaken, Yoda. I, I think so too, yeah. I think, well, Frank Oz is part of that crew. He's the voice of Yoda for a live action and it being inspired by the comic book and the animated series. It came out in 1987, I believe. Mm-hmm. The popularity of the cartoon was what led to the live action movie. I would say they weren't too far. I mean, granted, the cartoon, they had the foot soldiers as like machines. But mm-hmm. here, I think the movie was actually closer to the cartoon 
than a lot of other iterations that came afterwards. Granted, they changed the nationality of April, which they never really clarified, but they kind of right. did. And then um, they made Master Splinter a rat instead of, uh, well, he was always a rat, but I mean, originally a rat that just saw his master doing martial arts versus <laughs> a man turned into a rat, right? which was the cartoon. Right. They kind of condensed the story a little bit more. The story of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon was fairly simplistic. They didn't introduce Krang for a long time and Cowboy right. Bebop for a while. Cowboy Bebop? I meant Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> I was like, that's a whole nother animated show. I'm not wrong, things. though. That wasn't introduced until a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough on that. Fair enough. Now, watching it again, it, it does not age well in the sense of... The footage quality. The footage, right. Because I saw a, a Max. So did I. Yeah, I don't know if they could do a 4K version of it that would improve. It, it, it was not that well. I mean, you have... if they have it for 4K, they probably would do it for 4K. Um, yeah. I, there's been older material that we've seen that... Right, um, Conan, for example. Exactly. Conan, there's, I mean, Conan looks just... great in 4K. Oh, speaking about Conan, I texted you last night. I don't know if you got it, but I texted you, like, I know how Conan the Barbarian feels. For pushing the thing? Well, you know what happened, right? Oh, your tire blew out. No, not that. No, not that. So last night, we saw mom. Mom came down to visit. Yeah, right? yeah. We drop her off. We go to see the fights. And mm-hmm. then we... Or on the way home, I see where the, the, the gas, I was like, oh, we can make it. I can make it a little further down. You ran out of gas. Ran out of gas. <laughs> on 95 South Island. Oh, you. Yeah. It was around 1 o'clock in the morning. That's Luckily, the only saving with, grace you had. I think and so, as too. as bad as traffic would be anyways. Yeah, not a, or not bad, but as much as cars going by. Yeah. Excuse me. And luckily, we... Had to pull over by the next exit, but not close enough. Was this in your car? No, not the Prius. Oh, no, it, it was, <laughs> that would have been her. funnier to me. Like you ran out of gas in the hybrid. <laughs> no, we ran out of gas on Kimberly's heavy ass SUV. Yeah, it does suck up some gas. Yeah, I had to push it a couple of times. It felt like she was hitting the brake. You're going too fast. No. no, but there was that. It was any slight mm-hmm. incline. It, it feels like I'm. This, the hill is like this. So it was, it was tough. I, I mean, was sweating it. profusely. I was sweating profusely. I had sandals on, so I had no real good grip. And then I had to stop. It took us an, almost an hour, I would think, to travel half a mile. It would probably have been faster if I walked to the gas station, got a thing, walked back, and then... Possibly. That's a big old SUV, too. Oh, yeah. And then she goes, let me go out and push. <laughs> did she, did, did she actually do it? Hells no. She, ain't gonna, she can't live. Like, she works out. She works out, but she her limit is like 20 pounds. It's hilarious. That's something like mom would say. And it's like, let yeah, me do but, it. Like, but here's know. the funny thing. I'm like, mom would say, oh, let me do it. And nine times out of ten, you, you, we will clearly be like, no, I don't need you getting hurt. Please don't. And she's like, no, no, no. And she's just doing it as she's saying, let me do it in the most awkward way. Right. Of course. Yeah. Like, yeah, who's steering I, the wheel? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't let Kim get out of the car. I was like, ugh. That's but good. luckily, we got there in a sense, like, a deputy saw us. 
he helped us push across as well and oh, uh, nice. to finish it yeah it was like like he was it wasn't like in the highway like it was like on the main street now getting closer to the gas station there was like three gas stations but two of them were closed <laughs> and That's one right. was oh, a lot of them closed around you and i was like oh man but he helped us and so but i was sweating profusely and then i gave her money to pay right and would you think that she'll come back with like a water bottle something to help me replenish any did she get a drink for herself she got nothing she says let's go I was like, <laughs> We're almost so i'm hanging so i'm hanging out outside the window like this trying to get the air then she puts the ac he's like no no that's too cold that's too cold i was like let me just get the natural air first but we got home around two o'clock in the morning so anyway. is that gonna be a part of your new boot camp routine like all right no, everybody we're I, gonna go but, out to the parking but, lot but like i said we had the debate or we discussed about Arnold getting that jack if he did that every day grinder wheel and i'm thinking yeah he can get that big yeah it can happen my legs are sore my ass is sore my back my triceps were burning hey, yeah i imagine that's a my core body workout but now that i'm thinking about it that was my night do you have any favorite scenes or favorite moments when you first meet casey jones and he's interacting with Raphael. that's a fun moment like mm -hmm. they're uh, the, the quips going back and forth although the the real passion goes between casey and donnie later on uh <laughs> they really connect over insults uh, well no yeah but that but i mean it was to me. It felt like uh, Donnie. No, no, no. Donnie and Michelangelo were like tight. Oh no, absolutely. They were, were uh, of the and brothers. He, you could see the the uh, the click between right. Raph and Leo, and Donnie mm -hmm. and Michael. But they were definitely if they had to pair off, that that'd be their pair. Right, right. The other scene I was going to say, and you was, notice it. Well, hold up. But oh. you notice that they the if you do that pair, right? You look at it. Not just that the dynamic of you know how they connect. But the weaponry, Donnie and Michelangelo have two wood, wood weapons. weapons. Yeah. And Raphael and Leonardo have metal weapons. Yeah. They they have the two sharp edges while the uh the other two have the blunts. Well Blunt, no no blunted weapons. Sides are not sharp. They're not meant to be sharp. I didn't think they were sharp like on like the like a bladed, more like as a spear kind of like point. Right. That's what it is, but it's more of a blocking and like breaking the sword kind of thing. Mm -hmm. that's what those are meant for and there are a lot of and a variation of that uh, the jute is used by police back in the day to disarm and to break samurai swords for those who get a little out of hand oh that reminds me i heard somewhere uh that each weapon was chosen due to the personality of the turtles right and i saw that i saw that video too yeah yeah and two I, guys. I can't remember who was it from but they yeah, were talking about like why they have each weapon is because of to help like michelangelo who's all over the place or the weapon like the nunchucks, you have to focus. You have to focus. And Donatello, who is so smart, he gave him the the basics, the basic of the basic weapons. Mm -hmm. It's and like your basic you tool. Tool, your basic tool. No, like no, that. like like your your basic, uh, like you. No, I understand. Yeah, there's a, it's like the most. Is it the most primal weapon established? Mm -hmm. Is the staff exactly. And then, like, uh, I just don't remember Leo's, but I remember Raph was because of his anger. And so, they, it, like, it, they gave him a weapon that's not, it's meant to disarm, not meant to maim. Uh, Leo 
that's the only one I can't remember what was the purpose. Of that. Yeah, something about his leadership and something like that. And, and, and if you guys but, seen that video, put it in the comments, please. I also enjoyed the uh, antique shop scene where they're being attacked. Okay. Um, initially, with uh, Raph fighting all the uh, foot soldiers at the beginning of that scene, yeah. and he goes, he, <laughs> it just made me laugh. He goes, "Come yeah. on, guys, how you expect to beat me?" And at that moment, I was thinking to myself, like how you always call out those fight scenes, like oh, you always see like the guy like just hovering in the background, he's a mm -hmm. one at a time, and that was what yeah. was happening. And then when as soon as he says that, everybody just starts swarming in like an army. And get, good it's, answer. That's what he was saying. He was a good answer. Good answer. Right. No, it's good. Like like it, it was written smart a lot in a lot of ways, and like you have like Raphael's performance more like a New Yorker. Oh, he was. Very much the cliche New Yorker in a lot of ways, right? And I like the, the mannerism, all that stuff. Like, yo, what's up? Like, almost like a b boy. Mm -hmm. For me, I thought all the fight scenes were great. The, I did. I, I there was times I, where I thought that like they could have been a little bit uh, better, but it was no overall, 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 overall. I mean, at the end with Shredder, like especially when Splinter, no, with Shredder when they're. I thought fighting, you were talking about when he flips. Shredder. No, no, but I got that's a foo paw that I, I saw. I was like, oh, there's a few, there's a few foo paws here. Absolutely. But when they're fighting, and like, especially when Donatello goes and attacks Shredder, and it's like standing there, I was like one step sparring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm. and them not working together because they were fighting one at a time instead of fighting Shredder all at once. Mm -hmm. Something they have not learned yet, even though it applied earlier in the other fight scenes when they fought the Foot Clan. Or when they fought uh, to protect April O'Neil, like every other fight struggle. scene, but that. But my favorite is not a, a scene or moment, but character Michelangelo. Mike he was awesome. Fun. He was awesome. He was in the like nowadays in the modern incarnations. They make him like the like dopey from the Seven Dwarfs in a way. Mm -hmm. He's I'm, so crazy out there. He's not. He's just part. He's just a little more fun. Yeah, he's a he's a definite jokester, and you, you see it in the other movies that like he starts getting more of a character, like joking around. But in this movie, even though he jokes around a lot, you could tell like he's still a fun guy. It's just and he's not dumb or anything like that. It's right. just that he, like the like oh like April's getting the back rub from Casey, right. and he he's a like, turtle wax, and everybody's yeah. like, you want you want your shoulders rubbed? And he's like, no, I don't. And he pulls out the turtle wax. Yeah, <laughs> but. My favorite scene is the fellow chucker, eh? Yes. That's I was a great waiting one. to see if you were going to call that out. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like for the longest time, I couldn't understand like what was so amazing with him twirling the nunchuck or the nunchaku. And then I looked at it again. I was like, oh, wait a minute. He's spinning the nunchaku on his finger on the chain. Yeah, which is impossible. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, I was like, I finally saw it. I was like, that's what makes it like, that's why he just, you know, they were going at it. They were like at eight and eight, nine and nine, 10 and 10. And he just took it to 11 with that. I was like, oh, okay. And, and to add insult to injury, he's like, keep practicing. <laughs> right. Now, even though it's four characters, this is Raphael's story. Oh, yeah. And that, which is funny because a lot of times when we watch those, uh, like other iterations of ninja turtles i would say in most cases like leo takes the shine because he's the quote-unquote leader Raphael is definitely not a leader but he's forefront of the story he's like the driving force where 
helps the team come together as well as Splinter. Mm-hmm. But you see him like he's he's an outcast. He doesn't fit well in the beginning with his own teammates. He's mad at himself for leaving the side. Oh, and also we see here that this, again, one of many original stories or origin stories and that we see that their rescue of april o'neill is their first adventure and that's what they say leonardo comes in and says master we we were successful in our first uh, fight or, or whatever you call it yeah and there were so many even though it wasn't many but it was like so many and we prevailed well like i'll be all over dramatic and we saw that with the uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles mayhem too it was like their first ever adventure even though they were out before getting food and what have you. Yeah. Here you have that again. And like here, you know, some of the, how they became about in this story is cute, but then again, it's like, huh? Especially with Splinter surviving a sword attack, like the like Shredder would just strike at his ear instead of going to kill him like all together. I'm not a sword expert, but a rat, Granted, he was a New York rat. He was a uh, rat from elsewhere. New York rats are like the size of dogs. But like a rat, I've seen regular rats. They're pretty small. No, but oh my god! But is that what I'm saying though? He was <laughs> the thing is this yeah, this fast. rat was this rat was never like on all four legs. It was always upright. Well, he, well, yeah, that's because and, it was well, training to martial arts. But then it jumped right, on his face. But what I'm saying is though, you're missing the point. <laughs> Why was Shredder who just got shredded by splinter just cut off his ear you know what i'm saying it's like he cut my ear off and then left i was like really if it was me i'll freaking cut you up and feed you to the cats were you thinking about that scene i assumed the uh, uh, splinter just escaped and he just talked it out rat got away splinter escape or a shredder escape splinter escape but no but you see him after the fact that he's like he goes to his ear like Ow, and then goes to his master's paw or hand. Or he got chased right. away, or Shredder got chased away, like the authorities showed up or something like that. I mean, that's the only reason why I can think Shredder would uh, disappear. Uh, like people start showing up, and he's like, I can't be here. That kind of situation. Because he was like, and no one saw the Shredder again. Like he just disappeared. Right. I'm saying for us, for a ninja master, for a master of weapons, he was horrible. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Now, there are some food paws, and that was one of them. But one is the cutting of the pizza. It dices, it slices. Right, but the pizza is already cut. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, why are you cutting pizza that's already cut by Domino's? Oh, that's another thing. All the product placements here. Holy crap. Oh, you forgot how well product placement was. (laughs) Burger King, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Mm -hmm. Domino's. All the best places. What else am I forgetting? Wait, Mountain Dew was in there? Yes, when the kids were, when they're in the... Oh, yeah, that's true. Menthol. Well, I'm not sure they showed this. They showed the cigarettes. I don't think you can do that for a PG. I thought they did show the label. And back in the day, yes, product placement was so big. It was like the person is in the background where the product is like right there, Mm -hmm. right in your face. They made that work, though. Made me want a Whopper. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the other food paw that I caught, and there's other ones too, but the ones that really stuck out was splinter versus shredder which we talked about a little bit yeah right and he flips shredder over the building shredder's holding on to a spear that has no edges to it that it could easily slid out of the nunchuckle hold they were making it look like splinter was holding it so tight that it was keeping the spear 
the, the, cone, the cone of the spear. But it didn't have no head up to it. So I mean, it was just smooth, right? Yeah. So it could just slide right out, especially in that angle. It, yeah, it should have slid it was, up right out. Yeah, right. But the moment where Shredder throws the tanto, mm-hmm. if you watched it or you paid attention, Splinter catches the tanto. I saw. Then, then let's go the nunchaku for him to fall. I thought it was. He let go of one hand, the nunchaku. Right, right. And but then, what I'm saying, to catch the tanto, to catch uh-huh. the knife, he let go, right? But then, right as soon as that happened, it cuts to the nunchaku where the hand is, you see the hand letting being let go. Oh, uh, so they edited it wrong. They flipped the editing. Correct. Right. But still, I was like, wait a minute. How's that possible? How's he have, he has three hands now? Yeah. Is that that much of a mutant? It would have been more uh, funny if it was a tail. <laughs> That would have been awesome. See that? See? His best. <laughs> use the tail. He could use the tail for the for the spear. I don't. That would have been hilarious. It would have been awesome. Shredder did look awesome. I loved his his costume. It was very reminiscent to the, the comic book and cartoon. A little I modified, of course. I agree, little, but the, I thought it was funny. Like when he first comes out, and as posing, yeah, with the cape, with the imposing presence, like he just shows up. And then you see uh, his, uh, Tatsu. Tatsu just comes out, takes a good solid 30 seconds just to get the cape over the edges of the blades right, on his shoulder. Won't rip. Uncalled for in any capacity. <laughs> well, he just could have kept it on. He just kept the cape as it is. Yeah, he could have kept the cape as is or just not wear the cape. Neither. Right. <laughs> just, now, or granted, not have his, it over your shoulders. <laughs> his purple bling was very reminiscent of Prince. Hey, it was the 90s, man. It was a different time. I would like that it was more Japanese, like wearing hakama or you know the, the, the top. Mm-hmm. It was a little more right. It had a little more bling to it than I would have liked. But the costume itself, with the with the knives and the claws, awesome. Is this worth the watch? I think so. For some, probably one and done. Mm-hmm. But for us who are martial, who grew up with martial arts and grew up watching kung fu movies and all that stuff. Oh, speaking about that. A lot of this stuff is, even though they're Ninja Turtles, a lot of stuff was Kung Fu. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Especially with, especially with Leonardo, with this, the katanas, he, the way he's using it is more like a Chinese style than Japanese style. Oh, mm-hmm. and speaking about that, uh, Leonardo's swords are sharp, and he's using them. So he's killing people on screen, left and right, but apparently they don't die. I'm trying to think of when he actually hit someone. I don't think he actually hit anybody. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a couple, especially in the final scene. The, the finale, there's mm. some that he's taken down, but still, it was just like, because you see later on at the, at the getaway house that like Casey Jones is chopping carrots with Leonardo's sword. Yeah. So you know it's sharp. Mm-hmm. I know they use it even more so in the sequel. In all honesty, the movie itself could have been just one. There was no need for sequels, in my opinion. Maybe part two, maybe part two with Vanilla Ice, <laughs> but maybe part two, because they had, he had, Rocksteady and Bebop show up to other characters that we know, but especially part three. So here's the, well, here's the thing. Like, I don't remember if they were contracted initially for like one, two, and three. I feel like they would have definitely been like, we're going to do one. And then depending on how we feel like we might do a two and three. Oh, it's just definitely for a money grab. But the, the third sequel is just for a, definitely a money grab traveling so, back yeah. in time. Not, I was like a uh, different April O'Neil too. Like a girl's like, she's like, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Well, that was by a second one. They changed her. Oh, was that the same redhead? In uh, number two, they didn't use the same actress for uh, April oh. O'Neil. She was okay. used for two and three. Oh, okay. The same actor. Okay. 
And it was funny, they, they came out pretty close to each other. If you watch this and this was a one and done film and it's a single a single story, mm-hmm. it would have been fine. Um, now, and the, I'm sorry, now with the Rotten Score Tomato, uh, the Rotten Rotten Score, the Rotten mm-hmm. Tomato Score, 41 with the critics, 81% with the audience, where do you f- see it as? Only more towards the audience. Yeah. For me, for nostalgia. Yeah. But for even this- at that, like, a, as an overall film, like, I think it's a fine film. Like, I watched it, it, it setting aside yeah. the nostalgia uh, uh, aside. It was an overall film. It kept me entertained. It kept me into it. It mm-hmm. didn't feel too long. And I could see the emotion from some of the characters. Like, we were talking about, they, right. there was a good connection with a lot of the characters. I didn't was, like Danny. No, nah, he was a He was annoying as hell. But you can see in the sense there's, a, there's another story. So you have the story of, of Raphael. You have the story of April O'Neil. You have the story of Danny, who has lost his way, and he returns back. Mm-hmm. You know, he finds out. You have the story of the rest of the turtles, as well as Splinter, that family bond. So, I mean, you have that, and it's concise. You you know what's happening. They set it up. It's like there's a, a clan, foot clan, kind of like mysterious gang. The police will deny it. April O'Neil, like Lois Lane, bring it out like this is the facts this is really happening why you're hiding it and then you have the the group that will counter that the heroes the mm-hmm. ninja turtles so you see that group become about how that that group formulated so in a sense of good versus evil yeah which is fine and so it's yeah it's not it's not all over the place it's not like some other films we've seen are like what the hell is this it makes it's not intersecting it like five different storylines all at once for the big master plan of having a series of movies that are going to mm. tie in together to introduce five more storylines at the same time. I'm right. not throwing shade at anything that's particular no, not, came out in yeah, the five, ten years. You're definitely not throwing no shade at Marvel. <laughs> or DC. Not. Right. <laughs> it is entertaining. It is worth the watch. Worth to own, maybe. You don't have to. We have it on streaming, so you, you don't have to own it. But definitely worth the watch, especially if you're into martial arts. If you love that type of style, and the martial arts in here is very good. Unlike the cartoons where you have Rocksteady or Bebop about to fight the turtles and then like Donatello will just smash the foot of one of them and they're like hopping like ow, ow, ow. And the fight's done. Like how yeah, very much. simple. And we're not going to review the Michael Bay ones. No. There's no, no need. No, we're good. All right, guys. That is our throwback review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Have you seen it? Have you seen this one? Which scene was your favorite? Which scene did you like? Eh, did you catch the full pause that I pointed out? If you have a movie or show you'd like us to review, please let us know in the comments below or email us at tales2bros at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you too.